I'm sure none of you this is true, but let's just assume that you stayed up too late last night. Uh, and your children stayed up too late last night. And uh, when you uh, woke up, uh, everybody's tired and groggy and uh, kind of grumpy. That never happens on Sunday mornings, right? Uh, on the Lord's Day, uh, everybody's in low gear and going to be late for church again. Uh, driving to church, everybody's picking on each other, and uh, some are laughing, and some are mocking, and some are crying, and uh, you lose your sanctification on the way to church. We're going to go to church now and worship Jesus, so shut up. We're going to like it, too. And as you walk in, you're in that perfect mode to worship, right? Uh, what should you do? What should you do when that happens? Um, do you just turn around and go back home? I suspect sometimes that's exactly what happens. Well, we saw them in the parking lot, but I'm not sure where they went. Uh, it must have been really bad on the way over paint the happy face on, you know, and whip up some emotion and look like you're worshiping well? Or better still, does God's word have anything to say about times like that? Any instructions? Uh, and the answer is yes. Turn with me to Psalm 100. Psalm 100, would you please? It's just five verses long, but... Uh, it's packed tighter than a German sausage. How do you like that? Uh, been looking for an opportunity to use that. Uh, lots of good insights about how you and I should approach worship. Would you stand with me? We're going to read uh, Psalm 100 out loud together. Just five verses. Here we go. Join with me. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Ports with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the gift of Psalm 100. It's been enjoyed and cherished by your church down through the centuries. And now today we have an opportunity to enjoy this wonderful gift. So end of July 2015, Lord, thank you for the joy of being able to dig into this little gem that you've inspired for us to learn from. So teach us today from your word. Uh, rebuke us where that needs to happen. Lord, where we've gotten off course, correct us through uh, this psalm and train us as we dig into Psalm 100. We yield, we surrender right now to the power of your spirit, and we yield and we surrender to the power of your word and what it has to say to each and every one of us. And all the church at Walloon said with joy and gladness. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, 
Psalm 100. It's, uh, it, it's really uh, one of my new favorites. Uh, just I wasn't planning on saying this, but I kind of got... Um, can you get turned on by a psalm? Yeah, I kind of got turned on to Psalm 100 again. I mean, you read it, and you say, oh, that's nice. Uh, but Jan Mihalich, who's now with Jesus... Uh, I started visiting her, and every time I'd visit her, she said, would you read Psalm 100 to me? Sure. And I probably read it to her 10 times. Uh, and then uh, it kind of just kind of took root with me. So anyway, uh, here's the question. How should we behave when we come together and worship the Lord? Verse 1 tells us, this is pretty interesting, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. This was a gathering psalm. Uh, this was a song when people were going into the temple. Okay, this is back Old Testament, remember? Uh, this is a song they would sing that would remind them, instruct them about how they ought to be worshiping the Lord as they entered into the temple. And it begins with the question answered, what were they supposed to do? Verse 1, here it is. Shout for joy to the Lord. Now that's a command, that's an imperative, but it's more than that. It's actually a battle cry. It, it, it's from war. Um, if you go to Joshua 6, if you got your Bible, go back to Joshua 6, I want to show you something. Uh, you find verse 16, I'm going to tell you a little bit. Um, the children of Israel are led by Joshua, and they're going to come, and they're told, you're going to take the city of Jericho, and they're looking up, and it's this massive, walled, fortified city. Uh, looks impossible. No way, no how, this is a fortified city. Anyway, they get instructions on the seventh day, after you march around the city seventh, seven times, the priests are supposed to blast their trumpets, and then the army was commanded to shout, verse 16, and the walls of Jericho would what? Come tumbling down, yeah, collapse. The word shout, everyone is to shout, everybody in the army, shout, Joshua 6, 16. Very same word, Psalm 100 and verse 1. Shout for joy to the Lord. It's a battle cry. It's an announcement. We're on the winning team. We're about to experience victory. We are on the side of the winner. We are triumphal because our God is the triumphal, victorious one. That's what they were saying. Um, we just finished in June working through the entire book of Revelation. Do you recall that? That's why we're in Psalms now. We needed something really different, okay? Uh, but as, as you think back to working through Revelation 19, who rides on the white horse in victory? And the answer is Jesus, okay? This can be a really easy quiz for you, okay? It's the same answer every time. Who captures the beast and the false prophet? And who in Revelation 20 grabs a hold of Satan and his army and tosses them into the lake of fire? And the answer is and then in Revelation 21 and 22, that was the last two Sundays, who rules and reigns 
in the new heaven and the new earth? And the answer is, and who early on Sunday morning, literally, bodily, physically, arose from the dead, defeated sin and Satan and death? And the answer is, oh, you mean we're on the winning team, huh? We are victorious ones. When we gather on Sundays as the church, track with me now, our battle cry is about the victory and the triumph of Jesus Christ. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. Therefore, look at verse 1. We have something to shout about because we're on the winning team too. And I just want to hang on this uh, shout idea because uh, I was kind of raised where be still and be quiet. And I remember we sang as a choir a, a, a song based on Habakkuk 2.20. Some of you are thinking, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. You want to go hum with me now? Hmm. And it's like, quiet. My challenge, go to Habakkuk 2 and verse 20 and read who that's written to. Habakkuk is writing to a pagan nation that's about to face judgment. They've been rejecting God, and God's about to come down and step on their heads. And he says, excuse me, you, you should just be quiet because I'm the king of kings and I'm the Lord of lords. You be quiet, judgment's coming. That's why they were supposed to be still. Almost every time, give me your eyes. You may not like this, but it's true. Almost every time in Psalms, when it talks about being still and silent, it's in the context of judgment or death. Judgment or death, be quiet. Is there a place for being still and listening to the Lord and listening to instruction? Of course, of course. But after you listen and after you've learned, then you're supposed to cut loose, look at verse one, and with enthusiasm and with energy and excitement, you're supposed to shout for joy. You tracking with me? So, so yeah, of course, you, you gotta be quiet to listen and learn and hear the Lord's voice, but then it's shouting for joy. And, and I already can hear some of you right now, you're not saying anything, but you're saying, but that's not my style, Pastor Jeff, that's not my culture, it's not my background, it's not my personality. I'm not energetic or enthusiastic as I worship. Would you please look again at verse 1? Uh, shout for joy to the Lord. Who is he talking to? All the earth. So this is actually written to even the pagans who worship false gods. It's saying you should just turn from your idols and joyfully get with it because there's a living God, and you need to enthusiastically, with energy, worship the living God, and that's the God of the Bible. Now, here's the truth. I see many of you, uh, when you're watching the tigers or the lions or the bears, oh my, or you're watching the ramblers or the northmen or the wolverines or the spartans, and I'm just telling you, you, you folks are animated and wild and loud and there's enthusiasm and you come to church on Sunday and some of you same people looks like you're sucking on lemons and you just say what's going on here what's going on here 
And I'm just telling you, this is God's book. It's appropriate for us to be enthusiastic and excited and exuberant when we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the winner, and we're on his team. So we're not just loud and enthusiastic just to be loud. It's because he is the winner, and he has triumphed. And it's biblical to match that enthusiastic with, with our lives and with our mouths. Um, truthfully, that's why some of us, we need to go to our sister church in Haiti. I'm just telling you, you want to get some lessons on energy when you worship? That was my favorite part, was when we sat there on these really uncomfortable wooden benches. Uh, but, but I want you to know, the church at Derryville, um, energy, passion, they were enthusiastic about their Savior and Lord Jesus. And, and I just tell you, it was a delight for me. Go back to Psalm 100. Second key idea here is the idea of joy. Shout loud, battle cry for joy. And if you keep reading, you'll see then verse 2, worship the Lord with gladness and come before him with what kind of songs? Joyful songs. Okay? So joy is supposed to be a part of our worship. Now, happiness is fickle and circumstance dependent. Track with me for a minute. Um, if it rains when I want to golf, am I happy? Uh, if my child is sick when I really want to go somewhere, uh, am I happy? If I get a B when I studied really hard, what? I'm not happy. If my boat breaks down and I want to fish or I want to water ski, am I happy? No. Uh, happiness is dependent upon circumstances. If I stayed up too late and I'm, and I'm tired and I'm grumpy on Sunday morning, if I've had a bad week, yelled at the kids, kicked the cat, I'm not happy. Neither is the cat. I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel that way. Happiness is thing-centered, feeling-centered, event-centered. Go back to verse 1. Joy is Jesus-centered. Joy is Jesus. Joy comes from the Lord. Joy is allowing Jesus and his spirit to take charge of me. So on the really bad, awful, no good, terrible days, joy is still available. Did you know that? Uh, on your worst day, joy is still... Why? Because Jesus is still there. It's say, I'm here. I'll bring you the joy, the holy hope, the holy optimism you need right now. Long after happiness has been flushed away, joy is there. King Jesus, I'm on the winning team with you. You deserve my praise and worship today. Help me to focus my energy and my attention on you. Verse 3. Uh, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Good verse. Uh, know, look at verse 3. Know that Yahweh, personal name for God, Jehovah, is God. We need to know some clear, strong things about the God that we're worshiping. And the first thing we need to know that is our God, Father, Son, Spirit, the God of the Bible, 
is the only God there is. That's what this is saying. He, he is God and God alone. Um, he doesn't share his throne with anyone. He's our God. He's the God of the universe, and he's got that title all by himself. That's what it's announcing first. Second, go back to verse 3. Uh, know that the Lord is our God. It's he who made us, and we belong to him. He made us from what? How did he create Adam? From what? Dust. Which means now, Lord, you have authority over me because you're greater than me because you created me, and now I'm going to have to answer to you. Here's the truth. Are you ready? People would rather believe we evolved from amoebas and fish and snakes and birds and monkeys. Why? Because if I acknowledge that an intelligent creator fearfully and wonderfully created me in his image by his power, then I'm going to have to answer to him. I, I'd rather have another option. Uh, I'll go with anything else but that because then I'll have to surrender and yield and make him my God and I'll have to do it his way. I like how Pastor H.B. Charles explained it black preacher down in Florida. He said, there's really only one difficult verse in the Bible, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created what? The heaven and the earth. And if you believe that verse, you really don't have any problems believing all the other verses in the Bible. Because if God made this universe, then he controls this universe, and we belong to him, and we're his people, and everything else falls in line. Now look at verse 3 again. He continues, he says, and we are the sheep of his pasture, and sheep can't feed themselves. Did you know that? If you leave a sheep out in the yard and just feed yourselves, take care. They're not like a cat. You can leave a cat alone for a while, they're going to do okay. A sheep, if you don't feed them, what's going to happen? They're going to be dead. Uh, feed, sheep can't protect themselves. If you leave them alone, sheep are dead wolf meat without a shepherd. Jesus said, John 10, 11, you ready? I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Because, Jesus, you're my good shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Uh, is that how you usually worship King Jesus? Mouthful of thankfulness, a heart, attitudes of gratitude and joy? Or do you come in on Sundays saying, you know what, worship better be good today. Um, you, you, better, you better have your act together, band, because if you're not, uh, I'm not sure I'm gonna stick around for worship because you better get me in the mood, Tim? Pastor Tim, Andy, Matt, Pastor Jeff, you guys better help me feel like worshiping because I'm not in the mood today. Somebody asked you how worship was today? Listen, we start rating the band. Oh, the band wasn't too bad today, and the singers were pretty good, and the preacher was off, but that's pretty normal. Um, listen, listen, what you're doing is you're rating how other people were worshiping. How was worship today should be what? How did you do? 
How did you do personally? Did you come in with a thankful heart? Were you ready to worship the Lord personally? Don't get me wrong. I like it when the singers all sing on tune. I like it when the drummers keep a good beat. I like it when the guitarists don't miss a lick. It's really good when Pastor Jeff can keep you awake once in a while, right? But worship is not really about you and me and watching other people worship. Are you ready? Worship is me worshiping the Lord Jesus. It's really an audience of one, and it's about me being filled with thanksgiving and praise that he deserves. That's what worship's all about. It's not rating how other people are worshiping. So why should I put effort and energy into worship? Why should we be energetic and enthusiastic as we worship? Why should I be thankful and joyful as we gather? Verse 5 closes with answers. Ready? Three reasons why we should be with energy and enthusiasm and gratitude and put lots of effort into it. Here we go. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Isn't that a good verse? That's like underlying worthy, don't you think? Uh, why does Jesus deserve our best in worship? First answer, look at verse 5. Because Jesus is a good God all the time. He's good all the time. There's no spot, there's no blemish, there's no flaws in Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, James 1.17 says this. Every perfect gift that you and I get to enjoy in life comes from above, from the Father of lights, from the Lord of love. So that means that anything good in your life, guess who gave it to you? <laughs> Our good God, Jesus Christ, is the one who gave you that good thing to enjoy, which means that God is good how often? God is good how often? A few of you got it. All the time, all the time. Second reason we worship with enthusiasm and energy and thankfulness, back to verse 5, um, and his love endures forever. This, this, this part of the love of the Lord is the best, I think. It's his loyal love. It's his unchanging love. Loyal, steadfast, unchanging love of Jesus for us. Now think about this. When you and I wander and stray from Jesus, and now I'm over here playing with all the silly, goofy things of the world, and, and now I'm far away from Jesus, where is Jesus at this time when I've wandered over into prodigal land? What's he doing? Answer? He, he's waiting. He's watching. He's calling. He's inviting. And as soon as you and I just turn just a little bit. He's ready to come and meet us. And what is he ready to do? To forgive us and restore us and love us and get back in relation. That's the loyal love of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? He's ready to get, let's, let's get back in relationship with each other. That's the loyal, steadfast love of Jesus Christ. And the third reason we focus and gather and with enthusiasm worship Verse 5, last line, and his faithfulness continues through all the generations. He's faithful when we're not. He's patient even when I don't feel like worshiping. 
He's still there strong and supportive, even when I'm ornery and mean. Anybody ornery and mean much this week? Can I see your hand? You can join me. Yeah, yeah. He, he's still there loving and forgiving, and, and, and he loves, and he's going to be faithful. So when you and I come to church Sunday morning, we're almost done, and we don't feel like worshiping, what should we do? What should I do? I, I don't feel like worshiping. Should you just go back home and, and go back to bed or throw yourself an old-fashioned pity party? Should you put on your church face and pretend like, oh, I'm worshiping, but I'm really not enjoying this at all? Do you come and you hope that the band and the leaders and the songs and the preachers are on today? Come on, everybody, you get me in the right mood. What does Psalm 100 say? Let's go back. Let's review. How about realizing that I have reason for joy because of you, Jesus, and I'm going to get my focus on you, Jesus, and I remember who you are, and you're my creator, and you've been shepherding me all these years and caring for me, and I have every reason to be thankful. I've got salvation and new life, and the best is yet to come. And Jesus is good all the time. And Jesus has loyal love. It's strong. And even when we fail, he's ready to love us again and restore us. And he is faithful, and he will always be faithful to us. The loyal, the loving, the strong love of Jesus for us. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. And I have no idea how you came in here this morning. I don't know whether it was good or pretty ugly, um, but I've got really good news. The Lord is excited for you to be in his presence. So just quietly with your eyes shut, I want to read Psalm 100. Now, hopefully there's some fresh eyes for these verses for you. You ready? Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is, is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Lord, we, we realize why this psalm has been so loved and cherished down through the centuries. Lord, thank you for the reminders about how we should be approaching worship not just on Sundays, but each and every day of our lives, worshiping you with gladness and joyful songs. Thank you, Lord, for uh, teaching us and instructing us. Lord, thank you for the triumph that we get to enjoy, the victory that's available in and through your Son, Jesus Christ. 
Thank you that early on Sunday morning, he literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead for each of us, defeating sin and Satan and death. Wow. Awesome. And Lord, as we close, we just want you to know, we realize you're, you're good. You're a good God all the time. And every wonderful gift that we have in our lives, every good thing that's going on right now today, that's a gift from you. Help us, Lord, to be thankful. Help us to have hearts filled with gratitude. Thank you for uh, your book and how it teaches and instructs us. Lord, help us to line up our lives and our thinking and our attitudes. Help us to line up our, our words with your book. It's in the awesome name of Jesus we pray every one of these things.